jump right in? Let's do it. How, how are you? We haven't talked. We have talked casually this week, and we keep sort of missing each other. So how are you doing? Not bad. I think I had a better day than you did, but uh, everyone's <laughs> week, everyone's <laughs> week seems to be a little bit funky this week. Yeah. Um, to explain to listeners who may have been waiting for a show for the last uh, uh, more than a week, I was traveling with my wife last week. We planned a vacation more than a year ago and finally got to spend a week together after she um, recently spent a month with no days off at all. So, oh, fantastic. <laughs> so we took a, took a week to leave the country and visited beautiful Mexico and uh, hung out in F- South Florida for a while. Like, we had a lot of fun. That's cool. So, yeah, that was great. I got back, and she got to hang out for, like, one and a half days, and then she and her mom went to visit family in Tennessee. So she's gone till tomorrow. I've been alone with my son for several days, and uh, that has been no problem whatsoever. <laughs> Everything was fine until my house stabbed me in the foot today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were. Um, we have a lot of stupid games that are all my idea. I. <laughs> <laughs> When, when he wants certain stuff, I'll grab it and take off running, and he'll run and chase me, and we'll just run through the house screaming, and and it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's great bonding. But I shuffle my feet when I run, and I was coming back through the kitchen to go around the counter, and he's following right behind me, and I I'm just sort of sliding across the floor very gracefully, and suddenly I feel like I've been stabbed, and that was exactly the case. A uh, shard of our hardwood floor had sort of popped up on the end and my foot came in at exactly that angle. And that thing dug into the front of my foot. Um, the shard broke. So it broke free oh. of its uh, plank and it went <laughs> through the ball of my foot and sort of reemerged like an inch into my foot where I could see it under the surface, but there was nothing sticking out like by a long shot. It wasn't even close. So <laughs> I sort of freaked out. <laughs> called my wife i'm like hey i just want you on the phone i'm losing blood right now um i've got this uh well you know I, I had to explain it like i have a splinter but that really doesn't tell the tale so i said yeah i have a splinter but it's this giant shard of woods in my foot and she's like you know i wish i was there because you know she's she's done surgery on people she this is not a problem for her me on the other hand uh <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've I've got to get this thing out or go to the hospital or something. Like it's bleeding a bunch, and I'm in pain, and I'm sweating, and I'm shaking and stuff, and this <laughs> this nightmare. My son has no idea what's going. He's just running around playing, just trying to swat at me to get me to play and stuff. I had to get out a knife, and the the closest thing nearby that I thought was sharp enough was uh, part of one of those like eight and one utility tool things that has all the different like wait a minute. eight shitty tools wait a you minute. Know? did you say thing i thought was sharp enough yes okay you thought was sharp enough okay yeah that, that's <laughs> so. that's part of the fun yeah so this little eight and one pocket tool thing has a knife on it and i thought it's also got a couple other things that may come in handy if i decide to just you know try to jam a phillips screwdriver in there or <laughs> whatever um <laughs> I pull the blade out and I'm like, okay, I just need to, like, I can see this thing under the skin. I just need to cut straight down in there. And that's not really working. This thing's not that sharp after all. And I'm in the kitchen, but like, this is still uh, the best chance I have. So 
Turned out, I just pretty much had to grab my foot, just sort of stick the thing straight in and just, like, pull on it until the skin started to cut open. I had to cut my foot open the entire, almost the entire distance it traveled. Oh, so, oh, I, so, oh. I, so I could pull that skin back, get tweezers, and yank on this thing. And that took about 15 minutes of cutting. So uh, it's basically a Civil War movie in my kitchen at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and... I finally get get deep enough to to sort of pull this skin back. I'm looking at it. I'm freak. I'm squeamish. Like I can't deal with this. This is terrible. But I'm I'm worried I'm going to pass out if I don't do something. Oh yes. So I get in there and start working on it with the tweezers, and the tweezers are slipping because there's so much blood. And uh, I had to cut more and move up to pliers. I I pulled the damn thing out with pliers. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, my foot doesn't feel great. I I walked around and picked up the pieces of the thing and took pictures of it. It's it's horrifying. Like the whole thing is terrible. It was pretty gnarly looking, man. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So that that was my day. How was your day? <laughs> Not bad. I mean, it was pretty easy going. Hung out with a little girl quite a bit because mommy um went out. She did went to some kind of a market thing she wanted to go to and then was kind of loosely christmas shopping okay so this was daddy day yep and so uh kara and i we played i played a little bit of video games and then we played some i'm trying to remember exactly what we did after that but it doesn't matter what we did in the right order we listened to music danced around head banged and then we started cleaning and i had her cleaning up her toys and doing a bunch of different stuff and ate some popsicles and it was fun had a, just a nice, fun, laid-back day. I came down here for a little bit and did work on a little bit of the coding, C-sharp coding I was doing for this uh, Unity tutorial. Yeah. But, yeah, I didn't get to do quite as much of that as today as I had liked, but had a real, real relaxed, easy-going day. Didn't have to go out in the cold and didn't have to deal with a splinter, thankfully. <laughs> That's just it. Like, I was having the same kind of day. We were having a lot of fun here. I thought the week had gone really well. I, I was very proud of like, I was thinking, you know, I've been mostly taking care of my son, but also doing the, the work from home thing for so long that now when my wife needs to go somewhere for a week or so, it's really no big deal. Like, I just know we're going to have more time with me and him. We'll hang out. Um, we're going to be working on stuff like potty training here soon and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and it's no big deal anymore. Like I got this. And then on the last day before she comes home, I have to call, like, I have a splinter and I'm bleeding out. <laughs> you would understand the house attacked me. It, this is not the first time. When we first moved in, I did the exact same thing, but that was almost three years ago now, so I've had time to forget. I did the exact <laughs> same thing close to the same place, and she was here at that time, and also my friend Josh, and we sat around the table, and they basically cut my foot up and pulled the, th the thing out. Um... I want to kill someone. Like, it's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible pain. So, I'm wearing slippers. I got fancy slippers on now. And they're never coming off. Yes. That's it. Never <laughs> again. So, that's it. So, uh, that's that's all to say we appreciate people who have been very patient. I've never once heard, like, hey, why don't you guys have a show out? You guys suck. And there are people listening, and they're they're being patient. So, we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just dad stuff, life stuff, busy work is really picking up. This is our time of year and a lot of plants shut down and stuff. So stuff gets real busy. 
And we even appreciate when people have um, not exactly constructive criticism, but just criticism for us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was the better part of two weeks ago now. I noticed there was a comment on the site that um, was anonymous and didn't go into super great detail, but somebody said, um, you guys' comments about PUBG are uneducated, undeserved, and borderline toddler-esque. I thought toddler-esque was an interesting word. (laughs) Toddler-esque. I I posted this on Twitter and said, like, I'm just thankful that someone's listening to the show and reached out to us. (laughs) (laughs) I I commented back. I said, uh, go on. And they have so far declined to do so. Interesting. Okay. I mean, that's not a surprise. Somebody on Twitter said, I think they were just trying to make a pun. I said, uh, yeah, maybe. It's 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 interesting, the, 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 the defense of that game. But go on. It's sort of ironic to me to tell somebody, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And this is ridiculous just because there's some basic criticism of the game. And I, I, I didn't really think much about this. I just thought it was funny and we'd bring it up and talk about it. We, we had to sort of circle back and go, uh, who was this directed at? And what did we even say? Like, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And yeah. um, I think we determined that you had issues with the game itself because you've played the game quite a bit. Yeah, I've got almost 40 hours in it. I mean, that's that's quite a bit of time. And then yeah. I, I know some things about the business. So I had I had criticism of the um, the choices and the comments the studio were making. It, just totally ridiculous stuff. And it's like, just focus on uh, making the game better, right? So, exactly. I mean, that's that's what you want. And it, and never mind. I've already. I'll just keep saying the same things over and over again. Well, that gentleman took umbrage. I guess it could be a lady. Yeah. I'm giving the fairer sex the benefit of the doubt tonight. So here was something fun I was thinking about. Maybe you have something to contribute here or not. But I thought, what could we have done to go full on? This remember this guy said borderline toddler esque. How could yes. we have gone full toddler? How can we how could we have gone full not just partial but full toddler So I have some ideas we could have made these comments anonymously I'll let you think about that for a second um, Yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh we we could have said these things and totally refused to elaborate just like this sucks not go into yes. any detail um No constructive criticism Right. I could have talked about Blue Hole is made up of a bunch of pee-pee heads making a poo-poo game. <laughs> and finally, we could be like any of the reviewers on Steam right now. I don't know yes. if you've seen the Steam reviews for this game recently. I am going to go ahead and pull them up. I'm actually playing a game while we're talking. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, I couldn't help myself. I decided to open uh, Paint the Town Red. I've heard of that. Haven't played yeah, it. it's a complete. It's fun, dude. It's a complete nut. You don't have to concentrate hard when you do this at all. Well, you do if you want to win, but okay. So I've got the reviews pulled up. Put those on screen. You won't be able to see them, but I'll read you a few. Okay. Now, Player Unknown Battlegrounds is currently at mixed reviews, and I'm going to read you this first review that says. Blue Hole Chinese official and do you streaming platform indulges Chinese, quote, famous game streamer 
55 Kai, Lou Benway with repeated cheating behaviors on the streaming platform, which makes a extremely immoral example for teenagers and all players and lovers of PUBG. Now, this is just weird and, and random, but it becomes interesting because it's been posted word for word by like 50 reviewers that I can see. It just goes on and on and on <laughs> of people who put this exact message and uh, a not recommended review. And these people have like 200, 300 hours on record on the game. Oh my gosh. It's um, just, that's, I mean, that if that's not telling enough, you know. But, but we're toddlers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's one that says, Trash Blue Hole for not banning a streamer named, quote, White, who is using auto-aim for so long. Who is using auto-aim for so long. Just wanted to read that twice. <laughs> here's one 283.1 hours on record this laggy garbage game deserves to die (laughs) that's hilarious my review is this game runs like a guy with no legs and (laughs) i think one or two people found it helpful (laughs) that one might be (laughs) (laughs) toddler-esque a little bit so uh that's all to say that it's interesting to me that that we would be we would go to all this effort and we are toddler-esque in our criticism of this game with your 40 hours and my uh relevant industry experience that's okay like i said I'm, <laughs> i i would have preferred that the person uh expand on what they took issue with and give me some counterpoints because if they had i'd, I'd be talking about them right now we'd be considering their merits uh and instead we just got called toddlers from uh from anonymousville yes uh but what are you gonna do you know I mean, I'm going to thank the person anyway and uh, ride off into the sunset. Yeah. No, thanks for listening. I do. I do enjoy that. Seriously. Yeah. Stick around. <laughs> uh, ser- I, I have no shame. I will. I will discuss anything with anyone. I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, is I mean, as long as we can keep it mostly civil to- toddler esque, you know, that's not too bad of a that's too bad of a dig. I don't feel too threatened and I feel like uh, I would stick around for the rest of that conversation. I, I can hey I, I asked them to go on. I can take that. That's probably not the worst thing I was called that day. Right. But anyway, we should switch gears and get into game dev stuff. We we sort of have it's been more commentary, but I want to talk about legitimate game dev that we're involved in. And I wanna start with a fun story from this last week. I had to get my my car over to the dealership for an oil change and there was some re- uh, recall stuff I had to do because I have a Grand Cherokee and it keeps killing people. <laughs> so I, I went in and, and got some work done and I pulled my laptop out and I go, okay, I am going to get some work done while I'm here. I had several cars ahead of me. Got to get this done before the wife leaves town again. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, if I can download my source code from um, uh, one of my repositories, I can I can do plenty here on the Wi-Fi here they had for people in the waiting area. And I think to myself, here, here's the thing. If you're a solo developer and you want to do source control, which is good, there are a few things you can do. One is code out of Dropbox, which I am notorious for. I <laughs> it's, it's not really a good idea for a few reasons. That doesn't sound good, but go on. <laughs> but the thing is, if something happens to your code in Dropbox, you can go straight to the site and restore like any single version from any save from those files. It actually does work pretty well. The exception to that statement 
is when you start doing stuff like Unity. Unity creates more temp files than anything I've ever seen in my life. Unity is constantly creating this stream of temporary files. It's always got something open and editing and modified and deleted. Dropbox never calms down if you even have Unity installed. It's insane. Wow. So, so, yeah. So when I switched over to Unity as my engine, like when I was coding from scratch, this was no problem at all. didn't matter what I did. Dropbox was totally fine. But I thought, okay, I'm going to move to Unity. I want to get official. If you go to GitHub, GitHub has an awesome... It's called a gitignore file. I don't know if um, if you've ever heard of that while you're getting into Unity. They have a great gitignore file that lets you cut out like all of those temp files and you're just saving your actual code and your assets for your project. That's great. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. But I, I don't use GitHub as my source code uh, site because you either have to have a paid account or all of your source code is public. So if you are the type of person who enjoys doing like open source stuff or you do a lot of stuff for like educational purposes for like a dev blog, I do have a dev blog and I do have an account for that. But when I'm doing something I might release commercially, obviously I don't want to do that. So there is another site whose name I could not remember while I was there. So I temporarily lost my source code because I couldn't freaking remember the name of the site. <laughs> <laughs> It turned out to be Bitbucket, and uh, okay, I've heard of that. <laughs> our buddy Paul Nicholas teased me about this on Twitter, rightly so. I could not effing remember that name, and I was like, "It's Blue something or like Atlantic." So I don't know how I got any of this in my head. It's always been Bitbucket, and I've got numerous projects uploaded there. So <laughs> uh, that was just a funny thing because it's it's always a weird topic when you're a solo developer, anyway, because it's like. Uh, the source control thing is most useful when you have multiple people contributing and they're uploading stuff and you can download their latest code and all this. But it, it is a good idea, especially once you go like commercial, professional, whatever you want to call it. You, you need a professional solution. And so Git itself, the technology is awesome if you can remember the name of the goddamn site. <laughs> so, um, from there, we, you and I have been talking about our first project we're going to do together. And while I was on my trip, we had a little bit of downtime. We actually had a lot of downtime. It was awesome. But I, I decided yes. I was going to put together some of the ideas we had talked about in our first game design document. And I sent you that. And I mostly I was worried you might think it's stupid. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was great. Yeah, part of your response was that you, you thought the document itself was awesome. And I think it was your idea to go through this on the podcast and just, just talk about what goes into a good uh, game design document, which is something else where if you're a part of a small team, part of a solo team, or if you are a solo team, it, it's you can kind of go either way. You can make some very light notes and go about your business. You can make no notes at all. I've certainly done that in the past. But... I think it's a great idea to have some version of this. And so I want to sort of go through one that we're looking at and uh, strongly encourage people to do these before a project, even if it's just one or two people. Yes. And the, and the reason that I really like this and I thought it was amazing that you did it so soon and, and, and set it up so cleanly is that um, I'm a, I'm really, really, really big 
on having the plan mapped out. I do it as, as much as I can. I try to write a plan out for whatever it is, whatever it is that I'm going to do. Something about the way my brain works. If I have it written down like that, or the building, if it's building something in my hands, like I made my own guitar cab. So my 212 speaker cab made to the dimensions of an orange oversized 212. Um, you know, I, I have very detailed drawings I made in um, Excel, believe it or not. Huh. And then, and then I just made it to scale in, in in Excel. You know, said said a block in Excel was, you know, basically an inch. And then and then went from there with it. And the project was so easy. I had these plans. And then when I write these plans out, and I think an excellent thing to talk about and to bring up with the game development, like any creative thing. You know, like when we were doing my band's album, we still got one going on here. I think maybe the reason why it's dragging out so long is we don't have good plans. <laughs> yeah. for the second one but the first one we had plans going like you know this is when we're going to get this done this is how this is going to work and it just seems like that even though your creative projects you want them to be fun you want it to have that element of like uh, almost shooting from the hip yeah a little bit of spontaneity yes yeah that's kind of the appeal to being a creative person in game development is a very creative process and but at the same time you that having that map and it just helps it helps bring bring in this thing from being so abstract to having, you know, um, a very pointed direction. Yeah. And, and that's why I, w- I thought it'd be great to bring up and talk about how to make one, you know, what, what you might be looking for in doing, in doing so, what details are important in the beginning, which ones need to be glossed over for right now, you know. And here's what I'll say about that, and then we'll go into the template I used The thing about the spontaneity of it and sort of that appeal artistically is if you do a design document ahead of a project to your best ability, everything you've talked about, everything you've thought about, um, things you anticipate doing and you aren't sure yet, if you write every bit of it down, you are still going to come up with tons of opportunities, uh, opportunities later on in the project to go, here's what we planned on. We didn't quite pin these details down like there's there's room that you're going to probably improvise a little bit, uh, which is not to say you're going to go off off track, but the track maybe left a wide course for you and you can decide mm. exactly how you want to take a turn or how, how you want to handle some some fine finer points of your project. So I think the I think the big decisions do need to be pretty well made. And then as as we go through, I'll show you here, and I'm going to pull this up on screen. The template I used for this was not of my own design. Uh, this was by at Nikona on Twitter. That's two Ks in that name. I don't know. She she operates Vitalzines.com, and she is a graphic designer, game developer, gamer, geek from California, according to her profile. Anyway, some time ago, it looks like in June... She said she had decided to release her template for a game design document for free, and she takes contributions from um, anybody who finds that helpful. I looked at this when I first uh, saw the tweet, and I made up in my head, like, the next time I have a project, I'm going to open this up. I didn't really look much at it at the time, but I'm going to open this up and try to use it, and this was that attempt. So I, I went through this, and I've got it up on screen here. I was blown away by this. Uh, super professional. It's really cool. Yeah, it has room to plug in all kinds of details about the game, artwork if you have it, 
The table of contents starts with an analysis, a mission statement, genre, platforms, target audience, storyline, and characters. You can actually go in and break down the uh, characters you know are going to be in the game. There's a gameplay section with like five or six uh, subtopics, control scheme, aesthetics and user interface, and then there's an area for schedule and tasks, which actually has a companion document for Excel where you can sort of break down tasks. I, I was blown away by this because it's very good for a small group like like ourselves, but it's very clear you could you could have broke down Overwatch in this thing, no problem. Oh yeah, it's incredible. So I'm gonna gloss over a couple of these. I I don't really have a lot of criticism of this. There were things that I I thought were not as useful to me right up front, but I think that's part of of the the effectiveness of this document is. Um, you can go into all the detail you have and probably then some. So if, if you just do your best with this thing, you're probably off to a really great start for your project. Yes. Game, game analysis. There's, uh, I think mission statement is, is cool. It's sort of a, um, sort of a marketing highlight in, in a couple of sentences, you explain what the experience is going to be of this game. And I think that's, that's very valuable. Obviously, the stuff like genre and platforms is, are all here, but it gets you thinking very early about stuff that people think about too late. You could make an entire game and not start worrying about marketing stuff until you're trying to write a press release for it or get attention on YouTube or Twitter or whatever this is. And I, I think this does a couple of really important things in terms of making you go, here is who this game is for. Here's what this game does. Yes. And here's why you should play it. That's, it sounds so obvious, and I think it probably gets skipped all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you're saying is, is honestly, when you're wanting to make something that is designed for consumption, um, it, when you break it down like that, it makes total sense. I think that's where... I have to be mindful of my of my webcam. I forget that I've got to <laughs> I got to not be so hunched over when I sit here and talk, but um something I've been coming to grips with lately is, you know, people people criticize and critique the capitalist system and consumerism and everything like that and and, and, oh and there's and there's moments where I I understand why. I really do. I really do understand why. I sympathize with some of the perspective of, you know, how much is enough? How hungry do they got to be and how much do we have to feed into that that consumerist mindset? But I think where some people's failing is, is that they just immediately write that whole system off as being the entire system as being evil and vile when you have, you know, jerks exploiting it. I mean, you're going to have jerks exploiting any system, but sure. let's analyze, yeah, <laughs> but let's analyze and figure out how to navigate and function to the system that we live with, the economic system and consumerism. And so with that in mind, you have to go from a snobby arts student mentality to somebody that's like, I have the tools to make good art. How am I going to make good art for regular and consistent consumption? I see your point. Uh, this is a point of much philosophical discussion and it has been since, I mean, the dawn of time, like you, you can, you can look back at artists like Da Vinci who spent their days doing commissioned works for rich people of just very basic portraits. And you, you have to think like, my God, he, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that he knew he was going to 
to his work was going to live on just forever. <laughs> and he had to make his money that way. He had to go uh, draw the fat guy in his mansion while while he ate turkey or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But, <laughs> but I remember uh, taking an art art appreciation course in, in college. This was after I left tech school and went back to uh, a nearby university to pick up uh, stuff like art appreciation. Um, <laughs> but I, since the dawn of time, people have gone, okay, I'm, I'm a creative person with these certain skills. Again, I don't ever want to talk about you unless you're a creative person with technical skills. And and artists are certainly included <laughs> in that, but yes. Can I make a side note real quick? What yes. the hell? You would never hear somebody go to an artist and be like, "I have an idea for you, and it would be great exposure, and you should draw this thing for me, and you need me to tell you what to draw." I guess there's probably some version of that, but nowhere near what developers get. It's like you need my creative mind to tell you what to. Cre-. No, I don't. Yeah. Same thing goes with uh, uh, musicians. Um, now that you can, now that anybody can, kind of have a half-assed recording studio in their basement, you get that from your buddies a lot too. You get solicited to do uh, their project, and then like part of the way through this, you're sitting here thinking, "Oh, you really didn't want to do something with me. You wanted me to do your thing." Yeah. <laughs> I pictured somebody going to Da Vinci and be like, "You know what you ought to do." And it, it just struck me funny. But where I was going with that was uh, all all along, artists and creative people have had to determine how to flourish within the system that they're in. And yes. obviously, artists have been in all sorts of uh, cultures and, and situations. But yeah, our version of this is how we figure out, I want to make this game, but I, I have to consider who it's for. Uh, yep. what kind of profit I need to make off of it so I can continue doing stuff like this. You know, is this something where I need to find a way to pay my living expenses for the next six months so I can do this r- around the clock? Do I need to go over to Enterprise and work on their legacy software systems from nine to five and then go home and try to squeeze out three hours at the end of the day? It's it's this whole thing, and a lot of it boils down to this this thinking ahead about stuff like marketing and stuff like your audience, you know, um, yep. the, the answer to that is I think a lot of people have gone and and you and I've talked about, I am not going to bag on individual people, but you and I have looked at individual teams making very strange projects and they spend most of their time going, we made exact, exactly what we wanted to make and exactly what was in our head. Nobody wants it. It's like, yeah, it was a bad idea. Yes. It wasn't interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you were you were caught you were caught up in trying to make a personal statement, but at the end of the day, it's like you you can only buy so many copies of your own game for yourself, which <laughs> yeah. should, should hopefully be none. But uh, you know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. And so I, I could go on and on about that, but it, like I said, it's it's something people have just really dug within themselves to try to come up with answers for this stuff, and I I don't always know what the answer is. For our purposes here, the point is that marketing right up front is definitely something you have to think a lot about and you have to really know where you're going. And that has to answer a lot of questions as you get down into stuff like, um, like development guidelines is, is something that, uh, comes up here. Gameplay guidelines, answering questions like, is, is there a certain level of violence we want to allow? 
That's a valid question. Right. Can can heroin be in this game? You know, <laughs> and, and if you're if you're making it for older people, like, yeah, it's a topic you should consider. And if it's for kids, absolutely not. You know, yep. it's it becomes quantifiable and it, it has to sort of guide your your moves once you decide what this is, what you want it to accomplish. And then within those guidelines, you you be creative as possible. That's sort of how I approach these things. And it's not it's not that I've become some superstar in any way, but I have gotten through many projects this way where all those questions had to be answered up front and they had to help answer the other questions that came up. Yes. Yep. And it's and it's and it's a tough thing, I think, for certain creative people to really want to try to conquer because it's scary. It kind of seems like your art's being compromised, like part of you's being compromised. But, you know, you have to come to a conclusion where you, where you say to yourself, do I want to continue to compromise myself for someone else's best interests, i.e. working for a big company so you can just have money to eat? Yeah. Or are you going to compromise a little bit on your own self and your vision for yourself instead of a company? Right. What you're when when you're compromising your art a little bit to to sell something, it's now for your for your benefit. So to me, it's like you know what if I'm gonna have to sell some part of me in some way, I'd rather do it for myself. At the end of the day, um, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, it just gets to that point. You know, it's like well, if I'm gonna have to play this game, you know, I mean, I guess I'll uh, you know, I'm gonna play it for my team. You know, I don't want to play it for the for some other Joe Schmo's team for sure. And and that's kind of what it is. Now it's it's I get it, you know. And when you're young, you want to really think you've got something super special and unique, and you're gonna have to change the whole world and flip the whole heavy metal music scene on its head, or change gaming or something like that. I get it. Sorry, this is this is reality. When the when the daunting reality of paying bills and making that a consistent part of your life uh, <laughs> yeah. sets in. You got it. You got to start thinking about, you know, this, this is for the 99%. I am the 1%. This is for the 99%. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this is, this is for other people to consume and you have to look at what's trending. And that's what really, I think people want to sit back and go, man, what separates my studio or my projects or my things from what these guys are doing? Well, that's it right there. What separates your streams from a big streamer? What separates your YouTube channel from a big YouTube channel? Your game from a big game. I think a big factor is that right there is the brand and realizing that it's there for other people to enjoy, not just something you can be proud about, you know, just in and of itself. And this this won't be popular with most people who hear it probably, but and I'm I'm full of advice no one wants to hear. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. What I would say is when you're starting out, you need to st- People make the mistake of starting with the passion project or the thing that's like so super unique that no one else has ever even thought of it. Like sometimes that's because it's a bad idea. What you think is better is if you start with things that do have mass appeal, they maybe are more derivative of things that have worked in the past because you are learning those formulas and sort of collecting those building blocks so that when you do tackle something more interesting to you, uh, you've got a much bigger playbook of things that work and your, yeah. your super duper passion um, autobiographical novel game is now going to have more elements that people thought were really popular in 
uh, Thimbleweed Park, or, you know, whatever it is. Yes. It's it's definitely worth um, getting some reps on the stuff that people want to play and people want to see, and seeing how you can work that in, in in a creative way into something that we haven't done or haven't seen before. Doing it the opposite, I, I think, is just a mess every time. Not every time. Quite often. Quite often. And, you know, when those guys get lucky and they make something awesome and unique right out of the gates, and they usually launch into some pretty awesome careers. But there's a dark side of that I've seen, too. And that is the you, you either you either have that one hit and then you fizzle out and you've never heard of before or you get stuck in some kind of uh, Five Nights at Freddy niche. Oh, goodness. For eternity. You know Thoughts what I mean? And prayers. Yeah. Prayers. You know what <laughs> I mean? Prayers going up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. One like one prayer. <laughs> you you either get stuck in that niche or you uh, lose your mind on Twitter, and I I won't name any names, but yeah, but that's something we've been seeing lately, and it's it's ugly. So I I think it's it I is. think it's okay to strive to be grounded in reality, um, to sort of Thank sort you. of keep one foot in the door where the rest of the audience is. It's. Yes. Otherwise, you're just out in space and um, much harder to hit the target from out there is, is about the best I can say. Well, you know what? I'm going to use a big boy word. It makes you seem like an asshole when you make something <laughs> so weird and so hard to use and so unapproachable and, and difficult to listen to if it's music or you're trying to do this thing and you're just like, why? Why? Like, <laughs> why? When you get to the end of, of playing like a, some kind of weird I played a weird game. I don't even know. I don't even remember the name. I don't remember what the heck it was. And it was like more of an art statement. And it was just like, why? Yeah. Why? 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 Even make this a game. You should have just made a short 3D film. And uh, yeah. I don't know. You get to the point to where it's just like, I see what you're doing here. And I guess I shouldn't be so cynical. I should respect it a lot more. But at the same time, this is why... This is why you still have a normal job. <laughs> you know, oh, oh. You know, yeah, no, it's true. You know, what I, you know what I mean? You made something for you. You made something for you is really what you did. It's uh, if, if I had to name it, I would call it the Norm MacDonald effect where. Interesting. Where, where out of the entire world, you're, you're just trying to make your two buddies back in Canada laugh, you know? <laughs> wow. That's a really, really potent uh, analogy you drew, man. Yeah, and it, I, and I don't know where totally that came from. Make it, but it's totally making sense with me. Yeah, because like, well, yeah, that's it. That's the we're calling that the Norm McDonald. It's a dance move we don't want to see you do. Okay, <laughs> nobody wants to see that in the club. Yeah, <laughs> nobody so, wants. To. If you are the type of person who uh, creatively skews toward the obscure, I would I would even even stronger recommend a document like this because. What what really struck me about this, and this is the final praise I'm going to heap on this for the night and we'll move on, was um, it's full of useful descriptions. So if you don't know jack about game design itself or formal game design, it's loaded with like paragraph descriptions of target audience, provide information on the audience that the game is targeted to, add details and information on the intended audience such as their habits and behaviors and likes and dislikes. Very smart stuff. This is full of great stuff, and it's it's clear to me that the developer of this document is um, very well versed in in the entire process. the The storyline and character stuff that it encourages you to put down is all great. It just goes on and on. And but just reading this document alone 
will put you head and shoulders above many developers who are more careless in this area. Yes. So I, I would, I would say anybody in this, within the sound of my voice should definitely at least give this a look. You don't have to use it. Use something similar to it. At least give it a good look. Yeah, don't no, don't use that. Um, only let us use it so we have an advantage. Yeah, don't don't feel pressured. <laughs> what I will say is, don't be the person who I found um, somebody linked to a page. What I did was I needed to find this, and I wanted to find the original tweet where um, the the creator put it online. And what I found was someone got on Fiverr and created a page where they said for $50, I will write your game design document for you, for your studio. Mm -hmm. And that person pretty much straight up stole this document, like down to the same table of contents page they have posted online. No way. And I think I was the first person to find it. So I quoted the tweet and I said, Hey, at Nikona, I hope you're getting uh, treated fairly for this, for this document that you created. (laughs) And I haven't heard anything back from anyone yet, so I, I may have stirred up some controversy. Ooh. So wow. we'll see. Probably not. Nobody cares. I don't know. Yeah. When I, when I do stuff, no one cares. <laughs> there may not be enough people paying attention to that. I mean, it. but hey, it's a great, great thing. Because when you sent me that, I was like, man, this is legitimate and really lit a fire under me. It got me inspired to dig more into the Unity tutorials that I was using, which, by the way are in the version before and i know i know you know this but i'm bringing the listeners in on this boy that's a struggle at first when you open it up and the tutorials are in the old version and you're in the new version even with the annotations that explain it to you you're like yes really really wish i could see somebody do it you are correct (laughs) in this in the screen i'm using (laughs) that is the worst problem unity faces i would say personally Yes, it, it steepens the learning curve, and that's a huge problem. Um, I'm I'm a very experienced software developer of over ten years now, and I stayed away from Unity until this year because it was just too hard. I I can usually crack open a book and learn anything, but Unity moves so fast and changes so much that any book that gets goes through traditional publishing, and in fact, even eBooks. They've changed way too much by the time they hit shelves. Yeah. So I believe it. What I've and, and we we talked about this before, but what I found was even when we go to those tutorials straight on their site, they're not even close to up to date. Nope. Some of them. Some of them and, and it's it's nice that they do those live sessions because then they go straight up to their YouTube or whatever. And that's usually pretty current, but that's a big problem. It is. It is because man, you got in there and it was like you're looking at a six minute section of a tutorial video and this guy's flying through this stuff and i'm sitting there going i have none of those buttons yeah (laughs) so i'm looking and i'm like uh and then eventually okay 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 i see i see and then it will start to click but there's some things i just had to start pressing buttons man and hoping for the best and i was like it's a blank project i really can't do much harm so here i go it's still scary yeah yeah, and then once I got some things figured out, it started to make a lot of sense. And I and I have to say, I mean, it is the first engine or in the first time I've ever developed a game. But in my mind, jumping straight off the street into making a trying to make a game, it it so far makes a lot of stinking sense. It just makes a lot of sense the way it's set up, the way it flows, um, how you add things to the different 
you know, objects in the game. It just makes sense. Like, and I'm, and, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I didn't, in my head, I didn't imagine so much of a graphical user interface in there. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it being way more reading and it is a lot of reading though. I just, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know that I'm sure most of the listeners do, but, um, it is a lot of reading, but it, it wasn't as heavily relying on that as I suspected. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised by the process. I love it. I, I think that you're always going to remember the time when you first learned how to do this stuff. So I, I think it's going to be a memorable time for you. Like you'll, you'll look back and go like, man, I had to work really hard on this stuff, but this is when I first learned it. You never, you never forget the first yeah. project and all that stuff. So I think that's going to be great. I'm I'm really really stoked, and right now I'm just really digging into the code, the C sharp code, learning it, um, making sure my squiggly brackets are in the right places so the functions are all in order. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, just just working it, man. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, I haven't had this much fun learning something new in quite a while, and and that feeling in and of itself is is making it worth it. Absolutely, and I I could not be more excited to be along for the ride to see you um, pick all this up and, and we're going to have fun with our first project, which is something we won't go into a ton of detail about now because there are not a ton of details to be shared yet. But we have an idea in mind. Let me give the worst description of a game in the world. We have an idea in mind and we know how we're going to put sort of a unique twist on it and we have some great story ideas we're excited about. And I think we're going to do some fun stuff like stream some work sessions and you know put put little things out to uh show people because we're going to be talking about it on the podcast for sure and oh yeah that's that's going to be a, a source of a lot of fun material and so it's something for people to sort of follow along with i'm i'm very much looking forward to this that's about the best i can say like i said we didn't want to just blurt out everything because a lot of this stuff changes so much this early in a project so it's it really does i mean it already has changed um you know a decent amount since we really started to to think on it but um i'm confident that we're gonna hit stride here pretty soon and really start making some ground we're serious about it at this point and it still changes every day that's normal for a project like this but um <laughs> yeah yeah and then once once we can have more details and like you said it's not so much worried about people stealing ideas cuz i mean you really don't know if you can pull that off during game development but don't want to to write some checks we can't cash later <laughs> yeah <laughs> before we let off i wanted to mention that um player.fm which was on my screen and now is not okay player.fm put out a page of best game dev podcasts we could find uh and we are like we were like number six and we haven't put out a show in like a week and a half so we're down to like number 10 but i i'm the kind of guy who if i have a topic i want to listen to podcasts about i want to listen to everything i can find so if you are that way check out player fm's list of uh best game dev podcasts and we are so grateful that they have us in this list that is incredible i love it we we this podcast started not far from the middle of this year. It's We've not been around that long. So it's been such a fun experience, but we are just getting started. So I, I love that people have uh, put us in their directories and picked us up on their networks and stuff. That that means the world to me. 
I'm I'm on there right now. Let, let's look at it. This is live, baby. This is live. We're doing One, it live. two, three, four, five, six on the list, baby. Oh, it's Front six page. On his, man, it looks different on mine. Great. Number six. Yeah. We're going with that. Yeah, on mine it's the sixth. When I look at the posts I put on the uh, Code Right Play Facebook page, they describe this as the 50 top game dev podcast for 2017, and that puts us at number six. And holy cow! Wow, that's crazy. Crazy cool. Wait till we start uh, developing our game and that becomes a regular topic instead of loot crates and uh, <laughs> microtransactions. Yes. Yes. Thank <laughs> God we're getting away from that, that for a little while. That was the other thing. We were on a cruise boat with a guy from EA. <laughs> oh. Who, uh, this this is uh, like a themed cruise. We did this last year also, and it's we're not assholes. We do like one big thing per year. This was our big thing. We did it last year too. And like the guy and I interacted quite a bit last year. And I realized at some point I had linked to code, right play in that group page on Facebook. And, uh, me and that guy didn't, didn't talk this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was sad. Like I, I, I don't mean anything by the, um, any sort of criticism I have for people professionally, I, I don't think every publisher does the right thing all the time. I don't think any publisher does the wrong thing every time. And this guy worked on like FIFA stuff. Everybody loves that. Yeah. So that's not well. And you know, personal. this is I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some wisdom on on the EA topic that that I heard from a uh, CPA I know. Oh. And that is, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Words so to, words to sign off by. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, man. There it is. Think about it. All right, as always, thanks to John for sitting in with us. Keep checking back each week. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, we'll continue to do fun new stuff week after week, long as we possibly can. So, so if you want to help us, you can do so by just telling a friend, reshare. If you see a post from us on social media, reach out, let us know you're listening, having fun with it. Give us your questions. We'll do our best to get answers, even if it's just, hey, what do you guys think about whatever? Or, uh, hey, you guys are dead wrong about this. We don't mind that. That's fine. Bring it on. In the meantime, you guys keep playing. For my friend John Scheiber and for CodeWritePlay.com, my name's Todd Mitchell. Have a good week. We will catch you next time. That was fun. I didn't know if you'd say more things or not. Nah, I just kind of was waiting, letting it, letting some dead space hit there. <laughs> it's good for you. Yeah. One to grow on. <laughs> <laughs>